Um, when I originally started doing these podcasts, I wanted it to be about what I wished people knew, what I wished men knew about women, because I have so many male friends who are lonely and who just keep making the same mistakes over and over again, and what I wished people knew about abusers and how to spot them. So I think it's basically, I realised that the theme of this is that there are good people out there who struggle to find love. And the me- I see the same, I see one pattern with men, the same thing over and over again. The men who are really good and really kind, the way they approach relationships, often um, if they approached women that are damaged, they get upset because the damaged women might be choosing a pattern of toxic men over and over again. And these guys feel like, why do women pick assholes? I'm like, no, 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 you're picking women who pick assholes. You're picking the women who always will choose the lesson rather than the healing. Um, and why are you choosing women who aren't looking for you? So, and then also the other theme is that the child who's been groomed and raised by a, a really toxic parent, a narcissist or an, a, a really violent parent often will feel like they need to protect everyone else from an abuser. So they'll stand up to bullies they'll, but, and they'll put themselves in harm's way and I see this pattern over and over again. Um, this week I noticed something really interesting watching two men chasing this one woman and how the the two men had a very different approach. So one guy went in with this bravado of, um, oh, you know, like, I'm this, I'm this this sexy Italian, I'm this, I'm this. He's he's not. But um, it was almost like a fake confidence thing he was trying to portray where he was going, look at me, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, and then being very full on with the woman. Um, He also, he told me that he had a belief that he wouldn't get her. So it was really interesting that he was behaving in a way that almost made that a self-fulfilling prophecy. He was behaving in a way where because he thought he wouldn't get her, he was reckless or he was unconsciously sabotaging it. But it was very, very full on in a way that made the woman defensive. And so once a woman is defensive, once the woman feels that she needs to have her guard up and and be protective, it shuts down that soft feminine energy that lets her connect with the guy. If a guy is, if a guy's really full on and you're not there yet or you're not feeling it um, or they're not listening to you know the difference, right? You know the difference. Like you can, if you both like each other and it matches, it's like a dance and it can be full on. But any woman who's had a horror experience with a, with a man asking her out, any guy who's really full on and then doesn't pick up on the cues, you know, like if, if he's like, let's go out today and she's like today and hesitates, then he's just like, like really pushy It's no different than anyone being pushy. It just feels off. But also with the whole male-female dynamic, if you start to feel like, oh, there's something something off and your wall comes up, 
you're not going to be attracted to this person because you're going to go into your headspace, not in your body. You're going to be going into this headspace of, oh, are they unhinged? Are they love bombing? Are they maybe an abuser? You know, should I be wary? What's my intuition? So once you're in that space, you already sort of kind of don't trust them. Right, so then flip to the other. No, both guys are equally good looking. Both guys are actually nice people. I know both of them as friends. But it was really interesting watching them. So the other one, uh, let's call him John. The other one's English. Um... They're both similar looking, dark hair, dark skin, um, similar height. But the other one, his approach was, he actually just really liked this person, but his approach was playful. He said, um, she makes me feel just relaxed and comfortable around her. So when I talk to her, I'm really relaxed and comfortable. So he sort of, and he also started off by asking a lot of questions. Hey, what are you looking for? So neither at the moment, I don't know what's happening in this situation. I, I don't know any more other than hearing them both give me feedback on the situation and being able to watch. And also because in this scenario, they were drunk and, and everyone else was sober. They're a lot more uh, frank or blunt with how, what they share about what they're feeling and what they're thinking. So that, that makes it a lot easier to observe uh, with John, the English, the second guy, he he just sort of went, oh, this is playful. And he so he asked, because he was a bit drunk and he was just like, I think he was a bit more chill because he was a bit more drunk. So he went into her, what do you, you tell me what you like, you tell me. And I watched her just go, oh, well, I like this. And he was like, hmm. And so his response was just like, hmm, tell me more. So, um... Now, men who say they're really shit at listening and they don't want to listen to a woman tell me more and uh, da, 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 if she's talking about sex, uh, he'll listen, by the way. So as she's talking about what she was looking for, you could see that she was getting more. So she's now making the connection to all the things she's thinking about that she liked. She's now talking about to him. And the connection and how neural pathways work, she's now talking about what she likes and talking to him. So now I just watched her whole body language just completely shift to being like, wow. And even though it's, um, it's, it's a false equivalency, he is not those things, she's starting to equate what she likes with this person. So she's going, wow. And then she's projecting those things onto this guy. Now, his whole demeanour was very like, yeah, I like that too, or hey, I'm into, you know, hey, I, I'm, I really like, um, he was saying he really likes to be passionate, but he was also like, he was self-effacing, like he was teasing, he was like, I'm a, I've got a dad bod, even though I don't have kids, you know, ha ha ha, and, but playful, the whole energy was playful, which takes off all the pressure, because it means, hey, I'm playful, I'm not threatening, I'm not aggressive, so... That gives you space to know that it's safe around me because my response is playful. I'm not going to go into aggression. I'm not serious. I'm taking this lightly. So it gives a more relaxed energy to the interaction versus the other guy who was so intense. And it's 
as a woman, it's hard for us to, for our bodies to tell the difference between intense and fear and anything that feels charged um, can flip over into fear. All women have been in a situation where a guy has asked us out and we've gone, yeah, sorry, I'm married, even if you're not, or sorry, I'm, <laughs> I always say, I'm, I'm, you know, like there are women who say, no, I'm gay or say anything to sort of be like, no, no, it's not you, but no. And we've all been on the receiving end of a guy just losing it at rejection because he's drunk or because he's aggressive or because narcissists don't like to be held. No. So women are always wary when a guy hits on them in public that she needs to have an escape plan, a way to escape if he turns nasty. And this is why we hate being hit on at the supermarket. I, I, I mean, I was at a petrol station one day and after I paid, um, part of the petrol station is sort of a, a shop and a restaurant. So I had to walk maybe 20 feet from the counter uh, out to get outside and as I was trying to leave, this guy blocked the door and just started talking to me at the top of his lungs and wouldn't let me walk past. And I'm thinking, the f like, what do I do now? And he's just insisting that I talk to him. He's standing in front of me. He's being very loud. He's physically blocking me from leaving. Now, thank God, um, one of my male friends was in the car uh, He outside. He'd seen what had happened. Within about two seconds, of this guy blocking me and me sort of hovering back and forth trying to get past him while this guy's just ranting at me. He's spitting out random female names trying to guess my name. And this guy's trying demanding that I talk, I know you, I know you, da 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 da, you know, and and trying to guess my name and, and but it was just it didn't make sense. The the whole energy about it was off. My my the male friend who was in the car, the person who was in the car walks in it's this huge six foot six guy. Instantly the bully backed down. Thank God. But it shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take a bigger man. And by the way, everyone else who saw the interaction, why didn't any of them do anything? And again, they shouldn't have to. And I just think what it would have happened if if my friend hadn't been in the car? What would have happened? It would have meant that I, and this man also like such a violation of boundaries demanding that I give him attention demanding that I deal with him he can tell by the fact that I'm trying to walk around him that I really don't want to deal with him so therefore does he really think I want to go out with him do these men think that you want to date them after they've behaved like this um I know there's a comedian that says uh, you know when guys whistle at you when they walk past and uh, guys whistle when they when you sorry you're walking and they drive past and you're like and, and was it Jamie Foxx who said what's the girl gonna do is she gonna go yay and run after the car you know it's it's not gonna happen because anyone who violates our boundaries we kind of think well they don't take no for an answer so therefore in bed they wouldn't take no for an answer it's such a huge turn off. And they're literally, their behaviour is literally showing us that we don't want to take things further. It's not safe to take things further with them. It's not a good idea because their behaviour's off. On a le this first interactions and flirting should be when someone's on their best behaviour. On a first date, someone should be showing you their best foot. And if 
if your first interaction with a, a male str- a stranger of the opposite sex, if you're straight, if your first interaction with them is off and makes you uncomfortable and makes you want to run away and makes you squirm, why the hell would you want to see them again? And, and, and so women will often talk about this as in, oh, these are the men that, that go, well, I can't have her, so I'm going to put her off all men. I'm going to make sure no one else has her. I'm going to make sure that, that, you know, if I can't have her, no one else can, sort of that, that abusive narcissist shit again. But guys, stop doing this. Just don't ask women. If you, if you must, uh, if you, women online, if they're online dating, they can block you uh, and not be threatened and, you, and they're safe because they're on a computer somewhere. And um, it's a much better environment because they can be themselves and whatever and and if and if you're toxic then instant block done um that's not always foolproof but it's a hell of a lot better than standing at a petrol station trying to walk around someone who's blocking the door um and what this guy doesn't know is that i had to get a restraining order against a stalker and when i went to court i got the restraining order And when I went downstairs to leave the courthouse, this guy was standing at the door of the courthouse blocking me, with his lawyer, I might add, blocking me from leaving and saying, I just need to tell you thank you. I just need to tell you thank you for not pressing criminal charges. I just need... And I'm going, what the the fuck? Like, (laughs) um, this is exactly the behaviour and you've learnt nothing and you've made me realise I should have pressed criminal charges for the death threats. Um, he'd slashed my tie. He was like really unhinged. But I couldn't believe that his lawyer helped him. And then, of course, you know, the, the I had um, a support person with me and as soon as they walked out, and by the way, the police were there and did nothing. The police were standing two feet away from me and I asked them for help and the police did nothing to help. And I said, look, I've just got this, I've just got a restraining order against this guy. He's blocking the exit. And the cops were like, uh, the courthouse has recordings and security footage. They refused to give me the security footage. So there was, it, it was amazing how much people just don't help. Um, and bullies rely on that. You know, abusers rely on the fact that people don't want to get involved. They don't help. Most abuse is done in secret. Uh, this is why abusers um, will triangulate and cut you off from everyone. This is why abusers will uh, cut you off from all your friends. Um, but sometimes there's really blatant displays of toxic behaviour. So, you know, like fast forward a week, I can probably guess where this is going to go. The Mr. I'm so sexy Italian um, <sighs> His whole demeanour is like me, 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 me. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And it makes, to to the woman on the receiving end of that, you always feel like, oh, all they care about is themselves. You don't feel like they're interacting with you or they like you. They just, the sad thing is that the guy who's bragging about himself Women know it, it doesn't come from a place of security, right? You know, tough guys don't say they're tough. Confident people don't say they're confident. Honest people don't go around telling everyone how honest they are. Um, con men do or sleazy men do or creepy men do. You know, they're the ones. But because the good people show it by their behaviour. 
Having said that, I'm not saying this isn't a good man. They're both nice guys. They're both nice people as friends, and I only know them as friends. But the one who's telling everyone, you know, look at me, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, the girl's going, yeah, it's all about you. So she's feeling like he's being very full on and he's telling her all about him. So she's got a guard up and she has no connection with him because he's not really connecting with her. He's just standing there like pounding his chest like a gorilla and being quite full on. And and by the way, in the same breath or in the same evening, not the same breath, but the same evening, this guy was complaining about how he has no luck with women. And we're like, do we tell him why? Or do we leave his behaviour there as a red flag? Um, it, it's really tough when we see this sort of behaviour. Part of you goes, I want to tell him what he's doing wrong. But I also, there's two things. The right person will love him. The right person, he won't feel the need. We'll love him for who he is and he'll be able to be who he is around them. He won't feel the need to put on this false display because he'll just be able to be comfortable around them. So someone like him probably needs to date someone he's friends with for a while so that they get to see the real him uh, versus the whole fake version of him that he, he puts on display. Now, I know with um, John, the English guy, I said to him afterwards, I said, did you grow up with older sisters? And he said, yeah, how'd you know? And I said, because I've noticed that my male friends who are really comfortable, or just even my gay friends, whatever, who are really comfortable around women or who really understand women have grown up with older sisters or just grown up with sisters that they're really close to. Because they, they grow up learning about women as friends. They grow up learning about... And, you know, we ended up having a conversation where John said, I grew up hearing about dates and I grew up watching what they liked and learning from their sisters what women liked and what women responded to and what didn't work and hearing the horror stories. I know I've had... I have a gay friend in America who I lived with for a couple of years and when I was much younger... And he said, I'd hear these horror stories about what women went through on dates. I'd hear what my sister Ashley went through. And it just blew my mind that people would behave like this. Um, but believe me, the sister told everyone. Um, so if you don't trust your own, and that's the other thing, uh, re the telling everyone thing. If you don't, if you're a woman who's been in a shitty relationship and you don't trust your judgment anymore then don't date online um, because you're going to be worried that you'll attract the same thing and you won't know what you're getting. You don't know their friends. Uh, maybe you are better off dating someone that you meet through friends or going out to a pub with friends and trying to meet someone that way. But make sure you sort of say to them, hey, it just takes me a little while to be comfortable around someone. Uh, you know, I, I I know for me one of the things after being in a in a violent a marriage with someone who was violent, um, I would say to even friends, I need to just hang out and be comfortable because if I'm if you one of my friends, God love her, she's a good person but she's Italian and she's just always screaming, and I said to a Daniela, I can't be around you because you're always screaming at your husband or screaming at your kids and the screaming is a real trigger for me. 
Um, and even though you know, I, I, even though I know you're not going to flip into violence, I can't deal with it. Um, it takes a lot for me to scream. It takes a lot for me to lose my temper. Whereas some people will just scream as their default. Uh, some people, the tiniest little thing, they'll just scream. So uh, I like watching friends in different situations, you know, with restaurants. Before I decide, before I get too close to people, I watch how they handle adversity. I watch how they handle enemies. I watch how they handle conflict um, before I let someone be really close in my life. Because I know if I see them at their worst and they don't turn venomous or hateful or, or toxic, then um, then that's you know, then they're, okay, then they're okay for me to be around without my body going into hypervigilance. Um, I will probably post an update on what happens with these two guys. But um, oh, by the way, so the end result is they haven't, neither, the girl hasn't gone on a date with either of them, but one of them she's organised, she's, she's organised a date with. The other one, um, she has his contact details. So already, I, I think that that sort of probably played itself out. Um, but the fact that this is the thing. Okay, so the English guy, the playful one, um, and it's not, he doesn't have an English accent. He just happens to be um, from there. Um, the, the thing, because he was playful, he left, he let, let her sort of meet him halfway energetically. It's interesting watching it, watching the body language of two people and you can actually see when a woman physically relaxes around a guy. I uh, I remember reading a Twitter post from uh, a a gay... uh, I wish I could remember who it is. It's a celebrity who's gay. And he said when he came out of the closet, he said the thing that struck him the most was he'd be chatting to women through work and, and being professional and he would tell them he was gay and he said you saw their bodies physically relax he said I saw them physically let out a <sighs> right because this guy's young and attractive and and big guy and I god I can't remember who it is but he sort of said you know because I'm in their space and I'm in a work environment and the minute they knew I wasn't a threat to them and it's real I think that Straight men should get more gay friends and have more of an understanding. Gay men understand more of what it's like to be vulnerable, usually better than straight men do. Um, Gay men often have uh, great friendships with women and just a different perspective. One, it's good for us to have diverse friends anyway. But, you know, like... I've had much more profound conversations with my male gay friends. Having said that, I am often the person that my male friends will say, oh my God, I can talk to you about anything without judgment. I can talk to you about, and I said, yeah, one, you can talk to anyone. How they respond is up to them, but just be yourself. But also I make a conscious effort to to speak from the heart and to be open and to be very clear that people can talk to me about anything because a lot of my male friends have said they really only have one or two people they can be open with. And women forget this. 
women forget that while we have these really open, raw, heartfelt conversations all the time, a lot of the time men only have that with their partner. I, I know my own brother, his friendship, I watch him with his friends and they have this sort of um, bravado and wall up with each other and when my, my brother has severe depression and won't get help for it and doesn't want help and part of it's from external things that are beyond his control um, that he, he doesn't know how to handle but he doesn't ever reach out or talk to anyone. Um, most women will feel that they have someone they can reach out to um, even if they don't have someone in their life. Women are trained or wired or taught to be more comfortable speaking about their feelings and society enforces that it's okay for women to talk about their feelings in a way that it hasn't been for men. However, obviously that's changing and my male friends who've been raised by single mums have often had them because they're spending so much time with a mum, with a woman, they're, they're getting a whole different perspective. Often they watch. In fact, um, the two men I know who are the most uh, aware, awake, beautiful, open-souled males were raised by single mums and were raised by single mums who would sort of share, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, this is how I'm dealing with it, it's not about you, but are you okay? But, you know, like just share enough to go, hey, I'm, I'm stressed right now and it's not about you. Are you okay? Um, but hey, look, I might be tired. I might be stressed. Just letting you know, it's just I'm dealing with stuff versus um, because the kids always feel what's going on with their parents. So um, anyway, it's just it's really interesting. I wish I wish men knew that make a woman want you and desire you uh, because flirting is a game. Flirting is two ways where you both sort of, it's a dance. And, you know, like you, you both have to, one leads and one follows, but it is a dance. And, it, and again, you know, there's the flip side to that where if it's the right person, it's easy. I have been in love once in my whole life and it was so easy. And it didn't matter that, you know, like I remember one of the things, he always stood like two inches from me. He was always in my personal space. And my friends used to joke about it and say, if it was anyone else, it would freak you out. And I'm like, it does freak me out, but I also love him being super close to me. I feel really safe when he's close to me because before he got in, you know, straight away, he let me know that I was safe around him. So... The right person, that's back to that old cliche, the, the wrong person, even the way they hold their fork annoys you. The right person could literally eat their food, <laughs> eat your food with their fork and uh, you wouldn't mind. And that's what this guy used to do. We'd be talking and he'd eat his meal and then he'd reach over and eat my meal because I was talking and I'd lost interest. And my friends would be like, how, how are you okay with this? And I'm like, one, I don't mind. And two, I, you know... One, he cooked the meal, there's more. But also, um, yeah, so the person, be yourself because, and this guy had struggled in every relationship he'd had before me precisely because he is so full on. And he's, but he was so loving and so warm and so safe 
that I was okay with him being in my personal space. 